Welcome to Central Assembly of God's podcast. We pray this message speaks to you. Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming out today to celebrate the birth of Jesus with us. Merry Christmas, buddy, wherever that was. All right, so I see, I see a bunch of kids with their jammies on. I still have not seen any adults with their jammies on. No onesies, no little hoodies, or nothing today. Maybe, next, maybe for outrageous Christmas, you're saving it for then. Amen. That's it. Parents with toddlers, just take a deep breath. I have four children. They were all toddlers at one time, so I know what a service is like whenever the kids are in here. If your child makes a beeline down the aisle or across the altar, it's okay. They'll come back. All right? If they leave the sanctuary, we have security out there, so you can just walk slowly. It's going to be all right, so just relax. The kids are with us today. We're family. Everything's going to be all right, okay? Everybody take a deep breath. (sighs) We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. All right, so listen, it's Christmas Day, so obviously our focus is on the birth of Jesus. It should be on the birth of Jesus. That nativity scene, the warm and fuzzy feelings even that we were talking about last night when we think about that newborn king, we think about uh, under grandma's tree growing up possibly, or you know, at a family member's house, or the cards that we would see, all that we think about uh, and that comes to mind when we hear that word nativity. But I actually want you to see his birth from a different perspective today because I think we limit ourselves and I think we cut ourselves short if we just look at Christmas Day as just the birth of Jesus. So I want to go all the way back to the Old Testament where it prophesied about Jesus' coming and actually look at the bigger picture of why his birth ever happened in the first place. I want you to see that the birth of Jesus was one step along an eternal sequence of events that gave us the chance to be right with the Almighty God to be forgiven of all of our sins, and to spend eternity with his son. I need you and I want you to see his birth in that context. So we don't leave December 26th, 27th, 28th, then we start looking forward to the fireworks, then January hits, we have our New Year's resolutions for about seven or eight days, then we forget about those, and then it's just cold and winter, and then we kind of forget about the whole Jesus thing. I don't want us to do that. I want us to see the birth of Christ as one step along an eternal sequence of events that allow us to be right with our maker, with our creator. Does that sound good? All right. I believe that God the Father had a prophetic destiny for Jesus, his son. And the birth of Jesus was just the beginning of this destiny. Now that word prophetic destiny, kids, can you say the word prophetic? Say it again, say prophetic. We want to get that word right because when we were teaching our children about prophetic words, one of them said, what is a pathetic word? So that is different than a prophetic word. So children and adults, the word prophetic, not just looking at a prophetic word as a foretelling event, prophetic word simply means a prophetic is it's God spoken. God spoke it from him to us and we can speak it out to others. That word destiny, children say destiny. Say it again. Say destiny. Oh, the golden octagon of destiny. That's a game we used to play too. The word destiny is simply a future or future events. So what I mean by this is this. Before Jesus was ever born, before he was ever God in the flesh, before he ever came to earth, God had a prophetic destiny waiting for the life of Jesus. 
Prophetic destiny simply meaning it was a God-spoken future that he had for the life of Jesus. And do you know that just like we have a free will to obey or disobey, Jesus had a free will to obey or disobey. Sometimes we don't think about that. Sometimes we think, well, Jesus was God, so he kind of like had to obey himself because he's like God. But that's it's not true. Jesus lived as a human being. It says he emptied himself of his divinity. So though he was fully God and could operate as fully God, he chose to act as a human. So he actually chose to obey God to the point where he said, I only see or I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. So Jesus obeying God actually walked out the destiny that his father had for him. If he would have chosen a different path, he would have missed that destiny. If he would have chosen to sin or not listen to his father, he would not have walked out the destiny that God had for him. So when you think about this, listen, God had a dream in his heart about Jesus's life on earth. Now, Jesus was with God forever, right? He's eternally God. Just as the Father is, so is the Son, so is the Spirit. So Jesus was always around, but God had a dream in his heart about Jesus in the flesh. God in a body is who Jesus was. So I could think about that. I want you to think about that too. Before he ever laid in that manger, God thought about, like, who am I going to invite first? Like, if this is an important party, right, an important birthday party, if it's like your 10th birthday or 16th or whatever it is, you think about your guest list and who you're going to invite. So before Jesus ever came to earth as God in flesh, God's thinking, who is on my invitation list? Oh, I'm going to invite the shepherds, somebody that no one would ever think would be invited to this. He started thinking about how God was, or how, how Jesus was going to, what, what Jesus was going to do on the earth, what he was going to accomplish on the earth. And all these dreams, all these prophecies were welling up in God's heart before Jesus ever came. If you think about this prophetic destiny, this God-spoken future that Jesus had, it was more than just being born in a manger. It was more than just being a carpenter. It was more than just shepherds and magi coming to visit him. It was more than just being a really, really good child, even though he somehow got lost once and his parents didn't know where he was. So it's okay if your kids leave. We have security. It was more than him just doing good acts. It was more than the miracles. It was more than even just going to the cross and being buried. It was more than just the resurrection. It included the ascension. It included him starting in the manger, but ending as the eternal king the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So I want to look at Christmas not just as the baby Jesus, but as the Jesus who came in flesh, who was born of God just through a woman, but had the God-given prophetic destiny to be the king of all ages, to be the savior of the world. So what I want to do in just a few minutes is go over God's prophetic destiny. It's written throughout the Old Testament. Listen, if you guys start to catch this, and you can even, you can Google things like uh, uh, prophecies of Jesus' birth if you don't have study materials. I want you guys to learn some of these things because you'll read through the Old Testament differently. You'll think, oh, this is just talking about Elijah, or this is talking about Isaac and Abraham, or this is talking about Isaiah. But once you start to see these scriptures, you start to see prophecies, you start to see God speaking throughout the entire Old Testament. It's about the coming of his son. It's about the coming of the king. It's a foretaste of the kingdom in which we live now. So for some of you think, well, the Old Testament's really long and really confusing. Literally, if you Google prophecies about 
Jesus or prophecies about Jesus come in the Old Testament. And just don't go on other people's opinions. Just look at scriptures, please, because Google can take you to a lot of places. <laughs> if you just look at scriptures and start saying, wait a minute, is this, was this truly about Jesus? Start to see what God's spoken destiny about Jesus' life was in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 7, starting at verse 14, it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive. This is the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. The virgin, who was the virgin? You're allowed to talk back. Yep. Mary. Was Mary born yet at this time? Absolutely not. So God's speaking through Isaiah about the destiny of Jesus' birth. So he, uh, she, the, the virgin will conceive a child. The child, of course, is Jesus. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Like, this is unheard of at this time, that the God of all creation, the God that dwelt only in the Holy of Holies, would actually be with us. And yet, back in the book of Isaiah, God was already speaking it forth. There'll be a virgin, right? Now it's going to be God-born. It's going to be on God's timetable. It's going to be in God's ways because she is a virgin, only committed to be married to a man. And his name would be Emmanuel. The destiny side of that happens in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. We see the angel come and speak to Joseph, and he's like, listen, calm down. Don't be afraid. This is what was spoken of. You don't have to be mad at Mary. You don't have to be afraid of what other people are going to think. Go ahead and take her as your wife, even though she's already pregnant. And it says here, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Hundreds of years before, God speaks through a prophet. This will happen. This is how it will happen. And his name will be God with us. And hundreds of years later, we actually see it come to pass. It's the beginning of God's prophetic destiny for Jesus' life. He was also born to perform miraculous signs and wonders. Way back in Isaiah again, verse 30, uh, chapter 35, verse 5. It says, when he comes. Now, when they were reading this, they didn't know he was talking about Jesus. But it says, when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind, unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. I want you to understand, these are not spiritual illustrations. These are not saying if you were spiritually blind, you spiritually see. If you're spiritually deaf, you'll finally hear the gospel. No, these are real, tangible miracles that God was saying hundreds of years back. This is the destiny I have for my son when he comes to the earth. This is the dream in my heart that I have for Jesus as he walks on the earth. And in Matthew 11, verse 4, it says, Jesus goes, uh, told uh, John the Baptist's followers, he says, Go back and tell John what you have seen and what you have heard. Listen to what Jesus' life entailed. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. What Jesus is saying is this, I'm the real deal. He walked in love, he walked in compassion, and he walked in power. Why? Because it was the dream of God for Jesus to walk in that to walk in the raw power of God so that when people saw his miracle working power, they would know he's here to represent a greater reality. A third prophecy, Jesus was born to die. Sometimes we only want to talk about that on Easter, specifically on Good Friday. But Jesus was actually born to die, taking our sins and our sicknesses upon himself to the cross. In Isaiah 53, it says, he was pierced for our rebellion. 
He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. A prophecy hundreds of years before, spoken out of the very heartbeat of God, that Jesus would be crushed and beaten and whipped because of our sin, because of our rebellion, and so that we could be healed. We see this destiny being fulfilled in the life of Jesus in 1 Peter 2.24, where it says, He, personally, speaking of Jesus, carried our sins in his body to the cross. I mean, think about that reality, right? We're thinking about a little babe right now, a little baby on Christmas morning, the soft, serene, the warm and the fuzzies, like I said before, all these thoughts. And it says that Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. And by his wounds, you are healed. The prophetic, the God-spoken destiny, the future that Jesus, that God had for Jesus' life, that all comes back to impact us, both here and for eternity. The fourth prophecy I want to talk about, not only was Jesus born to die, but he was also born to be resurrected. How many of you can say Amen. Psalm 16.10 says, For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. In every other religion across this world, you can only hope to be with their God. You can only do so many good works to get there. You can be counted into so many hundreds of thousands that are going to make it. But it says here, no, our God will not let Jesus rot in a grave. Our God will not let Jesus stay there for long, but he will be resurrected so that we would enjoy the pleasure and the joy of knowing his presence forever. Right? This is the prophetic destiny, the God-spoken dream for Jesus' life while on earth. And in Acts 13, 35, it says, this psalm explains it more fully. So this is New Testament after Jesus' ascension. It says, this is what the psalm explains. You will not allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. This is not a reference to David, for after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and he was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. But he says, no, it was a reference to someone else, someone whom God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. This is what was spoken about generations before the son ever came as flesh. The last prophecy I'm going to talk about is from Isaiah 9, verse 6. And seven, powerful verses. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. Some of your translations say, for unto us a child is born. Think about how this was stated now generations before. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. That's awesome. Listen, listen to the names that were given to Jesus before he ever came to earth. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, 
everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And we see the destiny fulfilled in Luke 1, verse 32. It says, He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. See, even the ones who recognize Jesus as the Messiah and the ones who spent some of the most time with him still thought he was here to set up an earthly kingdom. They saw him as a baby. They saw him rise up. They saw all the miracles. They saw his messianic miracles. They said, he's the one. He's the Savior. And then almost close to when he would die on the cross, they were like, so when are you setting up your kingdom again? Like, when are you actually going to tear off the king and sit in that throne? It's like, you, you still don't get it. It's a different kingdom in which I come from. And it was in God's heart from, begin, from the beginning of all of eternity to send his son as a payment for our sins to be the everlasting God. So we think about all these Old Testament scriptures that are recorded, and it's threaded throughout the Old Testament. These are basically God's recorded dreams about Jesus, and we see them coming true one after another after another. But I believe just like God has a prophetic destiny for his son, God also has a prophetic destiny for you. And I believe we, not, we need to start seeing that in the Christmas story. We need to know that we have a future that God has spoken about before you were ever born. It's communicated through the word of God. It's communicated through the voice of God. And it's based out of the dream of God for your life. So when we look at the birth of Jesus and we're peering into the baby Jesus's eyes, we can actually see, wait a minute, God had a destiny for his life. And because God had a destiny for Jesus's life, it empowers us and enables us to receive the destiny that God has for our life also. So children, you might be asked by adults sometimes. Actually, you could stand up for a minute. You go ahead, stand up, guys. Elementary kids, you're all middle schoolers and high schoolers. You're like, I don't know if I should stand up or not. So kids, your parents might ask you, your aunts and your uncles might ask you things like this. What do you want to be when you grow up, right? Or what do you want to do when you grow up? And what that's actually doing, a lot of times we think this is like a little, you know, game. We play, well, what does he want to do? It's based on what toy he's playing. I actually don't think so. I actually think that these things that start to rise up in kids aren't just because of a movie they watched or a toy that they're playing with. I believe that that dream is placed in God's heart, God's heart first, and then it's placed in that child's heart. And they might say, well, I want to be a police officer. I want to be uh, an EMS or an EMT. Listen, that, that, that child just might not know how to perceive what giftings they've given them yet because this is just how they've seen it played out. But I guarantee it's that dream starting to come to pass at a very young age. Amen. So darling, what would you like to be right now if you had to choose? A nurse. Great, Evan. Fireman, okay. Any kids back here? I'm just looking. Hey, buddy in the back. What would you like to be when you grow up? Or if mom knows, she can whisper it to me. He said, why is this man walking toward me? <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? Basketball player. Go ahead, sweetie. Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? A doctor. Awesome. Go ahead. Basketball? Football. Artist. This is some amazing futures. Go ahead. A cook. Yes, go ahead. A what? Oh, yeah. Football player. Okay. Soccer. Do you know, buddy? Stealer? All right. We got a lot talking amen, athletes in this amen. place. 
We're going to get taught up here to keep preaching on tithing with the professional athletes coming to a place. Go ahead. Do you know, buddy? Oh, you, I'm sorry. Did he say too? He said, everybody's staring at me. I'm not answering. Go ahead, sweetie. An animal doctor? All right. A teacher? A police officer? All right. Go ahead. Do you know what you want to be, darling? It's okay. Go ahead, Natalie. You don't know yet? It's all right. What was that? A swimmer? Professional swimmer? Sam? A clown. All right. Go ahead. A soccer player? Go ahead, sweetie. A doctor, evangelist, or basketball player. Listen, I want the little game, the cutesy game of what do you want to be? We got to enlarge, we have to enlarge in our vision. When we're asking these questions and we see that, there's something in a child that wants to be great, right? It's not until you move out on your own and you have bills every month that your dreams start to get squelched, right? Oh, how am I going to pay this bill? And then we live just to survive. No, well, that's not God's dream for our lives. Hey, that's good. Right? So we have these kids that have these dreams of being professional. Well, you know, son, only 365 professional athletes are in the, football, in the NFL, so you probably won't make it. No, that's not what you tell a kid. Right. And for us adults, maybe we need to start remembering what we wanted to be when hey. we grow up. Do you know it has to happen? It doesn't have to do with your profession. Does that make sense? Maybe your profession is just to make money so you can pay bills and so you can sow into the kingdom. But maybe God has a dream in, your, in his heart for your life that is much greater than your profession. Maybe you've been retired for 10 or 15 years and God's dream is still pumping as hard as ever for your life. No matter what age you are, God has a prophetic destiny over your life. Listen to Psalm 139 from a different translation. You made, all the you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me. Listen to this. This is your God. This is your creator. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. And I love this. Listen to this sentence. This is about you. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. Hey, do you know in the Old Testament how it was filled with prophecies about Jesus' life? It was the God-given destiny, the prophetic destiny. Guess what? God has a prophetic destiny over your life. It's written in his book. That book isn't the Bible. It's a different book. But he has written down what he wants you to accomplish in your life. And it's not just about what you're going to do when you grow up. It's about what you're going to be when you grow up. So you don't have to say, now I'm just a teacher. No, I educate children in the kingdom of God. I just use science and math and English to do it. Right? I'm an animal doctor. Great. That's what you do for a profession. But you also help people in their time of need as they show love to their animals. We have to think bigger. We have to think broader. We have to know that. Thousands of years before you were ever born, your life was laid out in a book that God was writing about you. 
But us adults, we think sometimes that we're waiting for the next big event, the next big promotion, the next big breakthrough. We're waiting for a dream to come true instead of realizing you are the dream come true. Wow. Do you understand that? You are God's dream come true. If he wrote about all of your days in a book and he thought about you and dreamt about you and his dreams welling up saying, wow, what's my child going to do in this life? Will he obey? Will he follow me? Will he trust me? If he's dreaming about all of these things, and the moment you're born, his dream came true. The moment Jesus was born, one portion of God's dream came true for his life, and he carried it out the rest of his life. So we have the opportunity, no matter where you are, no matter what age you are, no matter how much you've messed up, you have an opportunity today to step right back in to the prophetic destiny that God has for your life. And it does not have to tie in with your profession. That's my encouragement is, listen, I used to ask people when I would meet with them, when they'd come through, if time, money, and resources weren't an issue, what would you do with the rest of your life to make a difference for God? Because guess what? Time isn't an issue to God. Money isn't an issue to God. Resources aren't an issue to God, so they shouldn't be an issue to us. When I get real nervous and I get all uptight and tense, and my wife would know that I do that often, I think about Jesus sometimes. I never picture Jesus in a rush. Could you ever picture him going like, okay, he's in a brace. I can't heal him. Now I have a meeting and she doesn't, and I, can you ever picture that? I've never pictured Jesus in a rush. Time wasn't an issue to him. Money wasn't an issue. When he needed a boat, he had a boat. When he needed food, he looked back and there were a group of women who came to support him. Any resources he ever needed was there. We get consumed with it. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. So I'll just get stuck in this job. I'll lose all the destiny and the dreams that God's placed in my life and just follow it out. I'll feel warm and fuzzy on December 24th, December 25th. I'll feel excited on Easter Sunday, and I'll lose it the rest of the year. That's not what it's about. He absolutely is prophesying through his voice and through his word over every single one of your lives. And he wants to do significant things. Even if it doesn't seem significant to you, he wants to do significant things through it. I want to help that happen. And it's Christmas, so we're going to give some gifts away. I need my kids. These, These books are resources that we use either for our children or that I've read or that Sharice has read that has helped us take a step toward the destiny that God has for our life. Just in case you ever wonder about God's love for us. I need parents of two-year-olds to raise your hand. We just have two. Sam and Bella are gonna. If you have a two-year-old, just raise your hand. You can go ahead and walk around and find it and then we'll move on. <clears throat> if you, we see another one in the back. All right, this is the Christmas baby talking about, of course, the birth of Jesus, but just another wonderful book. Parents of three-year-olds, if you want to raise your hand, we just have two books for that. Go ahead, you guys can go back. Hit different sections. Look all the way in the back over here, too. All right. I need elementary children. Raise your hand if you have a summer birthday. So if your birthday is in June, July, or August, go ahead and raise your hand if you're in elementary school. Then you can start at a different section way over there, too. Okay, go ahead. Parents, this book is uh, just an amazing book. It's called You Are Special. It's about the WeMix. It's about labels that are put on people. In fact, some of us adults would benefit from it too. You can look, keep your hands up if you didn't get anything. Go ahead, you can go back there. Um, it's about labels that are put on children and just how the love of God can remove all of that. I'm looking for any fourth or fifth graders. You can raise your hand. All right. Women, it's a great book by Beth Moore called Get Out of That Pit. Sharice read it. It's an amazing book. If you have a June birthday and you're a woman, raise your hand. 
Who's my two? Who's up next? We're working hard. Go ahead. Find two, June. This book was originally named Son. Then it was called Birthright. Now it's called At Home in the Father's House. I want to share with you just real quick. Uh, I walked in a religious mindset for many years, beat myself up, thought God was mad at me all the time. I read this one book, Son. And I was mad at the author. Then I was mad at myself. Then I was mad at my pastor growing up. I'm like, somebody has to be wrong here because this is like too good of news. And I just actually came to a point to relax and say, you know what? God is this good. And we are this forgiven. And he does love us this much. And he does want us back into his house. So I need men or women, women with a September birthday. Go ahead, look around. Do not say anything mean to my kids if they don't give you a book. I'm just checking. All right, I need high schoolers. This is a book uh, of devotions that I wrote. Of course, I read it because I wrote it. But it goes through the book of Proverbs three different times. It's back at the Infill Center. If you want one, you don't get one. So high schoolers, raise your hand. Go ahead and give them the two high schoolers there. Whenever the Lord first started speaking to me that I would be a lead pastor, this was uh, eight years ago or so on, I ended up reading this book by accident. It's called The Dream Giver, but it really uh, started to spur um, the dream that God had in my life and things that were going to go beyond my own comfort zone. So if you are sensing that you are getting ready for a big breakthrough, if you know you're about to take a big risk in your life, I want you to have the book. So go ahead and raise your hand. No big riskers here? I'm sure there's a few. Go ahead and look around. All right. Supernatural Ways of Royalty. Wonderful book by Chris Vallotton talking about how God has created us to be royalty. Not the paupers, but to be royalty. If your birthday is on the 12th or the 13th of any month in the year, raise your hand. You can look around, up front, back close, whatever. Next book uh, by Bill Johnson, When Heaven Invades Earth. It's a book that just really increased my appetite and my hunger for the supernatural. Basically put it to it, listen, if we're willing, if we are preaching the gospel and power isn't following, then we're not preaching the gospel. So it punches you in the mouth in a really good way. It's really nice. If you have a hunger uh, for the supernatural, raise your hand. Not that if you don't raise your hand, you don't have a hunger. If If you're sensing a real strong hunger. The Bait of Satan is a book that helped Sharice and I uh, tremendously. It's just an excellent book. Uh, It's basically based on if you're walking in unforgiveness, not like everybody wants to raise their hand, like, yes, I'm walking in unforgiveness. Um, But really, in the serious part, if you have been hurt uh, in the past, if you, you know, through relationships, uh, either a boss, a coworker, someone underneath you, family member, whatever, if you feel like this will benefit you, the area of the importance of forgiveness, just look all the way around, um, you can do that. All right. And this last one is called A Tale of Three Kings. I believe anybody, before they get in any type of leadership, in business, in ministry, even in the classroom, I believe you should read this. It's a, it's a story of brokenness. It's basically, you think you are David compared to Saul for the first half of the book, and you think, like, you know, these people are here to, to get you, and you're the holy one. And then the second half of the book, you think you're Absalom, who's trying to overtake his father's reign, David, the second half of the book. So it teaches you on brokenness. So if you are in leadership in your school or your business, or whatever. If you're in a leadership or manager position, go ahead and raise your hand, and we'll get you those two books. I posted those books, those titles, most of the titles, not the kids' ones, on uh, Facebook a few days ago, because I think it's important to get equipped and get these dreams back alive in our lives. Amen? Amen. Adam, you can come up. If your team's coming up, you can come up. So listen, God has great plans for your life. 
Amen? He has great things in store. He wrote about you, thought about you, dreamt about you before you ever took your first breath. And guess what? He's still dreaming about you. He's still thinking about you. He's still writing about you. All the way until he can welcome you into his presence and you can experience eternity with him forever. But it actually comes back to his birth, right? Without his birth, without his birth, there's no destiny of life for Jesus. Without the birth of Jesus, there's no death of Jesus, right? So without the death of Jesus, there's no resurrection of Jesus. And without the resurrection of Jesus, there would be no destiny for our life either. So we're going to prepare for Holy Communion today. You might think, oh, wait a minute, this isn't Easter. No, it's not. <laughs> we are seeing Jesus' birth along the continuum of eternal events that leads to his blood being shed for the forgiveness of our sins and ultimately his resurrection for our eternal life. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.